Hello and welcome back to The Bandwagon. I'm your host, Stephen Kernan, and joining me in the studio, as always, Brent Dolan. How you doing, Brent? Doing good. Glad to be here. Good. So today, let's go ahead and talk about the NBA trade deadline. Uh, the trade deadline has come and gone, and there are obviously some signings that have yet to happen, some signings that have already happened due to the buyout market. But uh, we've got a lot to go ahead and cover. Uh, a lot of teams were making moves, and I want to start first and foremost with the Orlando Magic, who made the most moves in terms of their numbers. Um, they essentially traded most of their best players. I would say their three best players. Is that? Do you think that's fair? Not counting, like, I mean, they're well, three best active players right now. Well, yeah, if we're counting active players, but, you know, with the Magic, that takes away a lot of the roster. <laughs> that, so. is, that is fair. But, yeah, um, I, I would say they lost the majority of their good players. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to just open it up with you. Um, obviously, they got some players back, but they traded out Aaron Gordon uh, for some players. They traded out Vucevic for some players, and they traded Evan Fournier. Um, and I'll let you go ahead and kind of recap uh, and let us know what you are thinking. How, how do you feel the Magic did? A lot of people are going to trash the Magic because, like, oh, they got rid of Vucevic and they didn't get anyone good back or, like, they traded all these players away and now they're going to suck. It's like, well, yeah, they're going to suck. They've needed to suck for, like, five years now. Uh, middling in the middle of the pack is hands down the worst spot to be in the NBA. Um, they weren't getting better. Uh, they weren't going to pick anyone up big on the free agency market and they weren't going to be able to draft anyone. So they had no way to grow unless they just kind of did this rebuild and it's about time it's long overdue i don't see them getting too much more for vooch than what they already did so it's they they maybe could have gotten a little more than they did from the bulls but to be honest vooch just isn't going to be that valuable on this trade market as it's just a year when no one really wants to pay him and he doesn't really raise an NBA playoff team ceiling too much due to like to do they just how he plays his position and the type of player he is. So I don't know. I think they did pretty good for what they had. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to get too much back other than just draft assets. And you know what? They, I think they did what they had to. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree to an extent. I, I think I disagree that, that NBA teams won't want him or won't want to pay him in this current market. I think that, um, I think there's definitely there was a market for him. You know, there were a few teams I think that were looking at at making that trade. Um, he's still an all star and and pretty deservedly so um, overall. I, I think he's you know one of the most underrated players or underappreciated players in the league just due to his yeah. position, like due to where he is in the league. I think. And the tough part with them is that like. I I agree with you. I don't think they were going to get very much back in part because teams around the league kind of realize that the magic at this point if they're moving him would rather just not have him because like Vucevic by himself on the magic is not very helpful uh Vucevic on a team like Chicago that we'll get to or um you know any other teams that are looking for for players like that like Boston would be a, a good landing spot um Miami would have would have gladly taken him. Uh, Atlanta would take him. The Lakers would take him. Honestly, yeah, um, I think more or less the the point I was trying to make is his value on the market isn't as high as some of these other players, yeah. just because he's not like 
he can defend fives. He's not going to defend much else than that. Uh, which in the modern NBA kind of tanks your trade value as is if you can only defend one position and it's kind of the five. Uh, and offensively, he's not like a huge ceiling raiser. I think he's a great floor raiser. But I think uh, the best playoff teams didn't want to give up too much for him because he doesn't raise their ceiling as much as he does their floor. See, that's interesting because I I think I would tend to disagree, but there's not much evidence in the sense that he's never raised a team ceiling you know what i'm saying like he's he's been on the magic and the magic have been stuck in this in this like vortex with aaron gordon and vucevic and i guess evan fournier uh for a very long time and just haven't been able to escape mediocrity like they got rid of oladipo a while back and that was maybe one of the most promising players they've had in a while and um yeah so he just to me, he hasn't had the opportunity. I, I think Vucevic could fit in in pretty much any system. I think that he would... I think he is a ceiling raiser um, more than a floor raiser almost. Um, I mean, of course, he's not going to be averaging 25 and 11 on any, like, competent team. But, you know, his career average is, like, a really efficient 17 and 10, and there are a lot of teams that would that would kind of take that. Um, so yeah. we'll... And we'll get to, to Vucevic's impact, but I... I agree with you that they got about what they could. And I think for the Magic, like, their goal coming in here, like, you mentioned that a lot of people are saying that, that they didn't get anyone good back. And, like, yeah, that was kind of the point, right? Yeah. Like, uh, they, they didn't want anyone good back. No, they don't want anyone back. They want to, they have finally, and this is a very difficult thing to do. And it's not only is it difficult to decide to do this because it's tough to tell when it's time to pull the plug, but it's also very difficult to do this well because what you could get a lot of resentment from your fans, like the Sixers fans, for for a long time during the process. It was a really dark time. And, and so you lose I think, a lot of money. Yeah, Which we're exactly. in a pandemic. These owners want money. Exactly. And so it's like, it's a very difficult call to make, but I think that it's long overdue. I think most people would, would obviously agree. And the fact that they were able to give up their biggest contracts and get just basically draft stock back that's really really helpful um, let me let me ask you this they got uh i think a first round pick a pair of seconds and then with the players they got back they got wendell carter jr mm-hmm. they got Otto porter yep. uh they got gary harris and i think they got and they got rj hampton yeah those are four players who i think individually all have like a decently like high ceiling they could maybe get to Mm -hmm. health is staying in the way of all of them succeeding i think uh maybe not rj hampton as much but i think otto's had health concerns gary harris has wendell carter jr Jr. definitely has and then i mean you have jonathan isaac markel fultz yep this young core would be like really exciting and fun if they could be healthy yeah so I guess my question for you is, do you think they're going to try to run with this core going forward, or do you think they're just going to kind of treat it as empty places, almost? Uh, so, I think, first of all, I think Otto Porter Jr. will be gone. Um, I think he's like a buyout candidate. Um, I, I've heard that, uh, I've heard rumors of that happening, and I I think that makes more sense for them, because there's just a lot of overlap there, and they don't really need him. Um that said, I think with the other players, 
I think they'll run it uh, as hard as they can with them because I don't think there's any expectation of winning. Like, I don't think they're planning on using this team, like this uh, lineup, to, like, create this powerhouse. You know, I don't think that they're going to be, like, building up the roster around these four or five players. But what I think they will be doing is trying to put on a showcase for all these players so that they can get draft stock out of it and and some like actual trade assets and make moves for when they are ready to do that. And so that is what I kind of expect. I would expect that we're going to see like a reasonable role uh, or at least an attempt at a reasonable role from Wendell Carter Jr., R.J. Hampton, and... Um, uh, whoever the other Gary person. Harris. Gary Harris, yep. I guess, yeah, my question mainly is, other than Jonathan Isaac, is there really a long-term piece on this team? Uh, uh, it like, depends. Wendell Carter I mean, Jr. might be able to, but, I mean, I don't think you want to develop him and Jonathan Isaac at the same time, so... They uh, could fit. Um, they could fit. It depends on how Jonathan Isaac fills out, basically. I mean, he's a pretty slender dude. Right now, yeah. like, he's a pretty s- slight build. And depending on how he builds out, they could run them together. But I don't think that's going to be their priority. I think the biggest thing for them is going to be, you know, finding a way to show that Wendell Carter Jr. has potential and move him to a different team. Uh, find a way to prove out that Gary Harris still has some, some like, actual basketball left in him and move him. Uh, and get some good players for it. I think Markel Fultz is an interesting consideration here because he his entire career has obviously been sidetracked with injuries. But you know, for the first half of this season, or the, not the first half, excuse me, the first five games of this season, as well as the latter half of last season, he looked pretty good. So yeah, I think that's probably the best move for them, and I think that's what they'll be they'll be looking to do. I don't expect them to really... In my opinion, Jonathan Isaac is probably the best prospect, like you said, and then after that, you're going to be looking probably at RJ Hampton to see what, what he becomes. But Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Fultz is definitely like an interesting case, because they were good when he was on the floor. They were really good. They, they started were, off undefeated. They were, they were bad when he was off, so I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it's definitely interesting from that standpoint. Uh, I think Jonathan Isaac is their only real valuable asset going forward as far as like people they really want to commit to. Yeah. But they really like Fultz, too. I, and like the front office is very... like they, they don't hide that. They would do really like Fultz. Yeah, which is interesting to me. I mean, he's never uh, he's never had a net rating above above negative ten, so um, that <laughs> that's the tough part for me. Like even even when they were winning this year, his offensive rating was a ninety six and his defensive rating was a one fourteen, so it was like a net negative eighteen points. Which is really bad. It's that's, just that's terrible. Really uh, so like they were probably crediting him a little too much with with. The success, I think they were just trying to find a reason to explain the fact that they started the season 4-0. But, I mean, I liked Markel Fultz a lot coming in from college, and then he had all of his mysterious stuff that's probably worth its own pot at some point. But overall, I think the Magic uh, won this trade deadline pretty handily in terms of, like, hitting their goals. Yeah, I think as far as as the goals, like, they they definitely... I think they checked off everything that was on their list. Yeah. Um, as far as winning, though, I think there's another, a couple other teams that I think we can say 
won this deadline. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's fair. Um, <laughs> it's not necessarily winning. It's just they wanted to lose. Yeah, and so like they got what they wanted in the sense that the the outcome looked like the way that they were hoping. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some of the teams that they actually traded with because. I think that's where the conversation gets especially interesting. Um, Chicago, you know, they landed Vucevic, and it seems like uh, this season is about sort of defying expectations in Chicago. Um, Zach Levine has looked really, really, really good, um, and he doesn't have much of a supporting cast, honestly. There's no real second person on the team. I guess the closest thing is someone like Lowry Markinen or some something along those lines, like Sadoransky has been okay for them, but like that's about it. Um, and Vucevic really adds that second option. What do you think of the deal? What do you think of the package that they sent to Orlando to land him? And where do you see Chicago for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, they didn't give up much for him, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I know Carter Jr. and Otter Porter, I think they had given up on those guys a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so... I don't think they're too worried about that. They gave up two firsts, uh, a protected top four pick in this year's draft, yeah. uh, which I think will end up going to the Magic. I don't think that's going to fall to the Bulls at all. No. Uh, 2023 unprotected first, uh, that could end up being worth something. Well, who knows? I think the, the biggest thing that confuses me with the Bulls, and I know a lot of people want them to get better and add someone like this, uh, present... As of right now, this does make them better, and I think it's a good fit. I think it works. Long term, though, I'm not sure what the plan is for Chicago. Uh, I don't think Zach Levine or Vooch are going to get it done for you if you actually want to make big wins in the playoffs. Um, not past the first round. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's tough because I think right now that like it's easy to be like, yeah, I mean the Bulls had a. Had a pretty good like trade deadline. They got someone good. They didn't give up much for him, which is nice. But I mean, where's this team going? I guess is my biggest concern. Um, yeah. And do you want to talk about Tice too? Because they picked up Tice as well from from Boston. Yeah, I mean, I, for almost nothing as well. Yeah, and so you get Daniel Tice. You get you, you have some building blocks there, but like they're gonna need to draw a big free agent in uh, because I don't think and I don't think Vooch or Levine or a first guy on a good team. I do think that that could be a good second and third guy on a good team, though. So I guess moving forward, your your goals are kind of to like keep building up this team, adding some more role players, and hopefully you luck out and some big name comes along, and then all of a sudden the Bulls are a good team again. Uh, but as as for right now, I th- I think this this definitely helps them, and I would be I would be more down on it if they didn't give them for absolute nothing, absolutely nothing. Right. So I mean, yeah, I mean, more I power think, to them. Yeah, I think I de- by default this is a win here because they, in terms of what they gave up, it, it's like they gave up like four one dollar bills and got back a hundred. So like, or at least a fifty, um, which is a huge return. Obviously, like well, I would take that any day uh, if I could get that all the time. Um, and for them. I think this works out. The The tough part for me, like you were kind of alluding to it, is just the trajectory that this sets. Like, Chicago, I don't know. Like, they have been pretty bad for quite a while. And 
this gets them to the playoffs, but I don't know that it gets them much further than the playoffs. It kind of reminds me, they're putting themselves in the position that the Magic were about two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, Like, after Dwight had left and they had struggled for a little while, and then they, you know... Like a Aaron solid, Gordon and, a solid and eighth or seventh seat for a couple years is what I'm seeing. If they if they don't yeah. really change anything, which isn't where you want to be. No, it's it's definitely not. Um, that said, like I don't know what free agent would really want to tie themselves down in Chicago right now based on these pieces. Um, it's just kind of difficult, and I I think that like a lot of this, you know, the Bulls are in a tricky position where. It didn't really make much sense for them to tank this year because Levine has already been playing so well and their results have been surprisingly good. And so they're ahead of where they would be and there's no way that they can make up the difference to tank. Um, So for this year, it didn't make any sense to tank. Really for next year, it probably doesn't make much sense to tank because there are going to be other bad teams and it's you've still got Levine, you've still got these other players. And... In that situation, you might as well just see how far you can take it. See if you can get your fans engaged. See if you can... uh, Because at that point, you're leaving it up to your coaching staff to potentially um, turn Larry Markkinen into an actual credible NBA threat. And so far this year, he has looked really good. I mean, obviously, he's had some injury concerns. Levine's had some injury concerns. But you're getting a pretty solid player... Uh, who's very consistent. And, I mean, Vucevic is a huge reason the Magic were in the playoffs last year. Um, so, yeah. I think overall it's a it's a pretty big win for them. Um, yeah, I and think... And they, they set themselves up, I think, for the best scenario now, uh, if that makes sense. I think the biggest problem with this from the Bulls' side is now you're basically forced to pay Zach Levine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not this off season, but the one after he's his his contracts up, or they might have to give him an extension, and he's not going to be worth what they give him. Uh, he is he's a nice player, and I'm not going to be down on Zach Levine, but like he's going to get overpaid by them. He's he's not. I don't think he's worth a max deal. Well, actually, do you think so? Because I think that as I'm looking at this, bringing in Vucevic does open you up to where you could potentially do make a trade deal uh, to someone. Who could use him? I don't know who. I'd have to think about it for a little while. But if I'm the Bulls, depending on how next year goes, I might look at moving Levine. Yeah, I think I think the the difference is it's like from our perspective. I think we would, but yeah. he just got an All Star spot. Uh, Chicago hasn't had an All Star in a while. Now they have two. Like, I think they're it, at least it looks like for me the front office kind of wants to win right now. They do, yeah. So, which is. And, and I don't think it's the smartest I mean, decision, but I think they're locking themselves into that. Well, and and kind of like I was saying, I think that, like, winning's really the only logical option here right now. Like, lose, it doesn't make much sense to lose right now because there are other teams who are losing better than you. Yeah. So, like, if you're not going to be, if you're not going to be able to, like, go out there and guarantee a loss in pretty much every game to actually solidify your position in the draft, it just doesn't make sense to lose. And so they might as well, you know, make a push for the playoffs and... Get that playoff revenue, baby. Yeah, we'll s- <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, they'll um, they'll be in the playoffs. At so this point. I I think they're winners in the fact that they traded away from nothing. I think long term though, this does raise some question marks about like no. what are the what I don't know what the Bulls are doing down in Chicago. I don't know what they're I guess, doing. I don't I, I don't see what their front office like. I guess, the but like is. those questions are there if if 
Carter Jr. and Otto Porter. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, like, I don't think... It's not like this trade created questions. It just sort of reminded us that, like, nothing right now for the Bulls is certain, and they're in this weird, like, purgatory ground. Which is why I'm not, I'm not as excited as, like, I could be for no. this Vooch trade. Like, it, it is cool, and I think it is, like, going to be, like, a little fun team, but it's not going to be a team I take seriously ever, so... Yeah. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about the the Denver Nuggets, who are sort of in the opposite position of the Chicago Bulls, where the Bulls are in this like purgatory mode that's going to basically continue, but with better talent. The Nuggets were incredible last season. Um, this season, they've it's been a struggle because they lost Jeremy Grant as well as a couple other players, but the Nuggets made a move and almost for nothing ended up with. Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. Uh, they sent, shoot, I don't even remember who it was to to Cleveland uh, for JaVale. Oh, Hartenstein. Yeah. yeah, they sent their backup center, Hartenstein. And then to the Magic, they sent almost nothing? Question Gary Harris and RJ Hampton. Yeah. But that's it. The, but, I mean, like, but Gary Harris wasn't playing and RJ Hampton wasn't either. Well, and, and Gary Harris has like... I don't think he was in the playoffs last year at all. Was it him or Will Barton, I think, that missed the whole thing? Maybe both. Yeah, Gary Harris is, has missed a lot of games a lot of times. Yep. I do... This is my clear winners of the deadline. If I could pick one team, one team only, it's definitely Nuggets for me. Um, in the offseason, they lost Plumlee and they lost... Uh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. They added now Aaron Gordon, who kind of replaces that Jeremy Grant... Uh, but he's cheaper. And then they have McGee instead of Plumlee, who I think, if if he isn't an upgrade, he's at least the same. Yeah, for and sure. So, and th- that's, both those guys are cheaper. So, I mean, not a bad deadline. I think Aaron Gordon's better than Jeremy Grant, if we're being realistic. Jeremy Grant's stats are looking better right now, but we have to remember he's playing in Detroit, where I think a lot of players could put up big stats. Um, I think Aaron Gordon is going to be huge for them on defense, and that's where a lot of his value is going to lie for them, I think. Come playoff time, having someone who can defend the wings, which they desperately needed, that's huge for them. And that's a big reason why I was low on them all season. Like, we talked about this before the season started. They had no one that could defend wings. Yeah. Um, Aaron Gordon, even if he's not, like, a super smart and skilled defender, he's really athletic and he's big. He's a big body and he's... And he's pretty competent on defense. Uh, not to mention the fit with Jokic there is yeah. incredible. That is, he won't have to dribble one one time during the whole playoff run. If he just cuts the basket over and over again, Jokic will find him, and it will be easy points. I mean, that Jokic is a good fit with almost anybody, to be honest. Uh, but for like Aaron Gordon, like he's a huge winner, and the Nuggets are huge winners because they didn't give up anything and they filled what i think was one of their biggest needs yeah and and the it definitely gives them a pretty efficient scoring option um i think the other thing for me like you mentioned like aaron gordon is probably better overall than jeremy grant i think i agree it's uh it's really close it is close however um jeremy grant is obviously he's scoring 24 points a game this year for Detroit, but he has never scored that much in his life. Uh, he was at 12 points a game last year for Denver, and 
while he did play like a very important role for them, Aaron Gordon can easily fill that role and he can easily play to the same level. And one thing that like people tend to forget because Aaron Gordon has been apparently in the league forever. He's only 25. Yeah. So like he's got time. He fits Um, the timeline well. He does. He does. And so I think that that's like overall a really, really good fit. He's actually two years younger than Jeremy Grant, by the way. I think the biggest thing with Aaron Gordon pre-deadline, I wasn't too high on him before the deadline, actually. Uh, I didn't see him as someone who was really great at anything. He's kind of someone who's good at a lot, uh, great at nothing. But when you're paired with Jokic and you're just athletic and can jump and can score at the rim easy... He heightens all of that, so now all of a sudden Aaron Gordon's going to be the best version of himself, which I don't think he, he could hit on any other team. Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't couldn't... think there's another team other than maybe being with LeBron that could make Aaron Gordon a better player. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. Uh, it would take a lot. I, I think with Vucevic, like, there wasn't really that chemistry at that level, um, just because he just isn't the same type of playmaker that Jokic is not even close. And, yeah, and no. you, so like defensively, it's good too. It's a good fit on defense too. Yeah, it is. And so like Jokic, I mean, his ball movement's just remarkable and he draws doubles really well and dumps passes off really well. And he hits cutters at a like superhuman level. So I, I'm really, really excited. Which is for good it. news for Aaron Gordon. Who's built a career off being a cutter. Yeah. Uh, I I am ready to put the Nuggets back into the play, good, good playoff team con- contenders. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, that... I, before, the, before any of this happened, you know I wasn't there, and I haven't right. been there all season. I like this deal a lot for them. So I where think do you it's... think they fall then at this point uh, among the teams in the West? Seeding-wise? I think No, they... in terms of like just their chances at a... Making it out of the West. I think I pick them above Utah in a series, if I'm being honest. I think I trust them more than Utah. I mean, oh, I trust Jokic okay. more than anyone on that Utah team. He's been so good this season. I mean, I trust Jokic as well. Um, and it, it, it a lot of it depends on like how Jamal Murray is playing, because okay. he's the streakiest player in the league. Yeah, so... I mean, where is that range then? So you put them above Utah, like the West is kind of a mess right now, to be yeah. honest. Uh, Especially, I mean, the injuries. With the, with the, to the injuries, Lakers. and that's a big thing. Uh, the Lakers can ramp back up in time. I think they're still. I think they're still better than Denver. Clippers are a huge question mark. I think I take them. It's hard to trust the Clippers to beat anyone right now. Yeah, uh, they haven't been great. Um, and no, no one, no one on that team's really like proving it for me. Uh, playoff Rondo is going to be with them now, though. So we, who knows? But yeah, but that, I, they're I don't taking know. away Lou Williams too. So I think you put, I think you have to put them in like the third or fourth best team in the West right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I still have them below Utah. I have them as like a, a pretty clear four. I actually have it as um, Lakers, Jazz, A and B. Uh, Clippers, Nuggets, yeah, C I... and D, like to sort of together. Um, so yeah, I it, it's very tough to place. Um, given the the streakiness of Denver this year, uh, it's been a weird, weird season. And Jokic has been incredible, but 
we'll have to see how Aaron Gordon fits. I don't know when his first game with them is, but um, I'll I'll probably watch that just to see how that how that fit looks. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, there are a couple more teams that made moves. Miami uh, had a pretty big move with Houston. Obviously, in this case, I think all season Houston has been sort of losers in the in the trade market. They just have not been able to get any kind of return for for what they're giving up. And in this case, they gave up Oladipo for uh, Avery Bradley, I think it was, along with Olenek and uh, Pick. So basically, one bag of garbage. Yeah, for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's been it's been very sad to see Houston where where they ended up. But for Miami, how do you how do you think this impacts their team? Like, where does this put them? I know that they've played really well recently. Yeah, um, I got into I got into a bit of an argument with some friends about this. Um, I do think it's helpful for them to get Aladipo. I think it's important to realize Aladipo isn't the guy he was on the Pacers, and he's not going to be making that type of impact on this team. Because um, for for a couple years now, he's been rumored to go to Miami, mm-hmm. uh, and he was rumored when he was like that big all-star on the Pacers. And so some people are looking at this like, oh, it's a big three of Butler, Bam, and Aladipo. It's not that anymore. Uh, it's more like Butler and Bam and like, a pretty solid player in Aladipo, but he's not the guy he was before. Um, it's for what they got, like they gave away nothing and got Aladipo. And in that sense, like, yeah, it's a win. I don't see this like shaking up the East though. Yeah. Um, I think this keeps the heat about where I had them before. Um, and I, th- I think they're a really solid team. I think they could make some noise in the East. Um, but this isn't going to like, this isn't shaking up how I view the heat as a team. I'm not all of a sudden gonna go all in on the heat like they're about where they were before for me uh they're a little better because i think this could have them as a little more steady but we need we need to remember like will aladipo even be healthy come playoff time um is he going to be able to shoot a single game efficiently because he hasn't this season um there's just a lot of questions with him so i this isn't shaking up the league much for me uh i think it's a big name and not that big of a trade for me yeah, it is it is probably bigger on paper than it will be in reality. Um I I think that overall it's a win. I think that it doesn't hurt them in yeah, any no. way for sure. I I do, I do think it improves their their chances. I mean, they would have been an entirely different team last year uh in the finals if Dragic wasn't injured. And Oladipo gives them a lot of the stuff that Dragic was giving them. And yeah, I I agree with you on the efficiency piece. Oladipo is not the most efficient player in the world. In fact, so far this season, uh, if you look at some of his like advanced shooting numbers, by taking shots, he has cost his team 50 points that they would have otherwise had because he shot uh, so inefficiently, like below league average. And over the course of, you know, 40 games, 50 points isn't like, that big of a deal but it just goes to show that like he is overall actually like costing his team points when he's taking some of these shots yeah and yeah i i agree with you that he's been probably overrated to an extent for a little while he did have an incredible year with indiana that year but he really hasn't been 
all the same since. And I'm Which hoping because I think he, he was really fun. Well, yeah, and that's true. And that's where I was about to go with this, actually, like to, to take an optimist perspective here. If there's any team that can incorporate a player who has like a, a really solid potential into their roster and make him special, it's probably Miami. So I, I think that like it's going to be a much better fit for him. He'll probably enjoy it a lot more than Indiana. Yeah. And he'll probably enjoy it a lot more than the shit show that was happening in Houston. Yeah, so. I think effort's going to be huge for him. Yeah, yeah, effort and, like, I, I think the team is really, really good about, like, being about their business and, like, focusing. Yeah, um, and, people, and so that's cool. people have made it seem like Miami has been lusting over Aladipo. Aladipo's been lusting for Miami. It is yeah. definitely the other way around. He really has one to play there, so I don't think he's going to miss his chance. Um, it, it, if he can get back to his ceiling, I think he, he could be, he could change the tides a little bit, but that's a big if. I mean, that season lasted for, like, he was good for that season. Like, that good, that ceiling, it was one year. So to just assume he's going to get back to that magically, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he can do it that easily, but if there is a team, like you said, that can do it, it's definitely Miami, so. Yeah, so. Well, uh, I guess two more teams uh, that we'll, we'll kind of touch on here. For uh, I wanted to talk about the Nets and the Blazers. Now, while they weren't, I guess the Blazers were, but the Nets weren't necessarily part of the trade deadline, per se. They just signed LaMarcus Aldridge, and so that's a pretty big signing. He was one of the, one of the biggest players in the buyout market. Um, and Portland ended up getting, a, honestly, in a pretty fair deal they ended up with norm powell over uh gary trent jr and so i just wanted to see check in with you how do you think that those move the needle for those two teams um i'll touch on those i, I want to give you the breaking news uh what was announced that drummond has all but decided on the lakers oh nice um, it's he hasn't signed he's still kind of considering but yeah so we'll throw that in there too he so. said it's very strongly considered like it's basically done. yeah we'll throw that in there too then so we'll start with them i guess uh what do you think drummond means for the lakers um a lot and not because i think drummond's a needle changer the lakers are down bad right now i'm gonna be honest with you guys they're down they're down real bad LeBron and AD being out, they need wins right now. The West is so packed tight, they could drop to the play-in tournament real quick. Um, you need Drummond because he's an upgrade over Marcus Gasol, like significant. Uh, yeah. I don't think Drummond's that like crazy of a player anymore. He's still a lot better than current day Marcus Gasol. Yeah. So I think that that's a huge upgrade that they needed at center. I think that it's very important. I think it's going to give the team a little bit of a boost when they're kind of down in morale right now and needing some wins. And I think that they need him to maybe snag them a couple extra wins during the stretch without their stars. And come playoff time, they have a big guy who can basically be a good substitute for what Dwight did last year, which yeah. was really important for their title run. Yeah, really Dw- important for their title Dwight run. Dwight and JaVale both, honestly. Um kind of substitutes what each of them did um i i think that he he'll be really important for them you're right that they needed a morale boost more than anything um i also think that it'll be interesting to see how they heal up the the chemistry with kcp um i don't think tht is going to be as big of a deal but 
KCP was seemed to be pretty upset that they were shopping him around. Well, uh, it, it's a classic KCP move. Yeah. Uh, before the deadline, he always starts playing a little worse, and once he figures out he's on the team still, right back up. I yeah. mean, that's classic KCP. So I, I do think that, that that shores up probably the biggest weakness outside of the current injury situation for them right now. Um, and so that that's a big win for them. Um, what about Brooklyn? How do you feel about LaMarcus Aldridge? Uh, and I guess Blake Griffin. We didn't really talk about Blake Griffin on the last pod. Blake Griffin's an all right signing. I think he's I think he's a decent defender. Uh, he's going to give them a little more offense. I don't know. That, that's not a needle changer. LaMarcus, I think, is like not a great signing for them. Uh, he really? slows them down on defense. Uh, he's going to slow them down on offense. I, this this is probably gonna be this is probably a hot take, and I, but I'm just gonna say it. I don't think Lamarcus makes them a better team. Uh, I think if anything, he can make them worse at certain spots. I'm not sure if that's a hot take. I'm not sure how people feel about that. His game doesn't fit well, and it definitely won't come playoff time. Regular season Aldridge, maybe he can do a little bit for them. Come playoff times though, like I don't know. I don't see him doing much except hurting them when he's on the floor because of the type of player he is. Like I I, I just don't see him as being that helpful. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I really have no idea. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge is a lot older than people um, at least used to realize. They may realize it now, but he is pretty slow-footed. And so on defense, he's not going to add anything. That said, I don't think Brooklyn really cares about defense that much. Oh, they clearly don't. On <laughs> offense, um, he can shoot still at this point. Um, he's a pretty efficient player and I do think that, that the threats created by Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant combined, especially could free him up for some easy buckets. Um, that said, that's the same role that I was thinking Blake Griffin would fill for them. And Blake Griffin, I think stretches the floor a little bit more at this point, but there's a little bit of overlap there. And I, I don't really know what to make. I don't think he hurts them. Um, I don't think he hurts them I, overall. I, I think that there are ways that he kind of does slow down the pace a little bit, but um, in other ways, he, he's a pretty efficient option, and I think he can help them in, in certain spots. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be tricky for this one as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Portland, last, last but not least? Um, they basically got someone who's going to be better than Norman Powell eventually. Uh They'll just have to, they might have to end up, or Norman Powell is going to help them short term. Yeah. I think long term Gary Trent was probably a better option, but yeah. they were going to have to pay him. They probably don't want to pay three guards. Yeah, no, um, they, so, they especially don't want to pay him like anything more than, than the bare Norman minimum. Norman Powell's been so freaking good this year. Yeah, he has. Uh, that helps their playoff chances a lot. One one last thing before we, we probably finish up here the Celtics. Are, I think are losers of this deadline. Uh, yeah. Tice is important for them. I don't know why they just gave him up for Fournier. I get they need a point guard, but Tice is good for them. Yeah, I, I wasn't, wasn't going to say it, but I, I do think uh, Boston was really struggling down the line. Tice was, Tice was like, I don't know, their only real option. They had Robert Williams, but like he hasn't panned out at nearly the level that, that people were hoping. And... They got Mo Wagner back, um, and they got uh, what's his name from Chicago, uh, Cormet, I think is his, is yeah. his last name. 
Uh, Luke Cormat, maybe? Well, also, the, the biggest thing about Almost Ainge, as we like to call him, um, he tried so hard to get Drummond. Like, all, all the reports coming out today are being, are, were like, Celtics trying as hard as humanly possible to get Drummond. They want him so bad. Like, thirsting after this man more than anything else. And it didn't work at all, and the Lakers got him anyways. So, like... He would have been big for that, them. That makes that that makes him a pretty. I know it's a buyout loss, but like yeah. the fact that they tried their absolute hardest and still couldn't get Drummond, that's 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 rough. That hurts. It, that's tough, man, for sure. I think that like Drummond probably likes some of the players on the Lakers more, and that that may be what sold it. Uh, I don't know how much money they were looking to offer. I'm sure that'll probably come out at some point, but. He would have been really big for Boston. And the fact that they didn't get him, they're going to be feeling that. Um, yeah. Mo Wagner is no Andre Drummond. Well, it makes you wonder, like, did they trade away Tice with the thought that, like, we're going to be able to get Drummond? Yeah, I don't know, I, I because why else possible. do you trade Tice? Uh, it's, it's tough. They're, we, we're kind of shoving this at the end, but, like, if there's any Celtics fans listening, I'm sorry, but, like, what a rough year. Yeah, it's a tough look. It's definitely Rough a tough year. look. It's it's not what anyone I think expected, including uh, either one of us. So, so yeah. Well, let's call it there. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, make sure you leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, so that people can find the show. And if you have any questions, make sure to send them in to mailbag at bandwagonnba.com. Again, that was mailbag at bandwagonnba.com. If you haven't check out our website we write articles there we have a take tracker that keeps track of our takes throughout the year and they're getting worse and worse by the day so make sure that you check that out it's good for a laugh at least as always thank you so much for listening see you